So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. I'm kind of like Russell Crowe's character in A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> Just one degree off, Billy. <laughs> mm, I guess I don't mean that as a compliment to myself. <laughs> Billy Dukes, this episode is going to be packed with a lot of new information, which I am pumped about. Yeah. So let's let's whet everyone's appetite. What's the most important thing that we can take away from all this big news that we're going to share? We're going to be talking Bass Reeves. We're going to be talking Yellowstone. We're going to be talking trivia. We're going to be talking about my t-shirt. But the most important thing <laughs> that you need to know is there's two new Yellowstone shows coming in 2024. Wow. 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 I'm doing wow with my hands. Wow. Oh, that's what that is. Because I told, all right, took a second there. Okay, continue. Um, Figure it out on YouTube. (laughs) Uh, So the scoop here is we found out that final installment of Yellowstone is scheduled for November 2024. That's season five, part B. That's a full year from now, which is like, but buzz kill. Total. But we got two new shows confirmed with an official press release from Paramount. The first is called, tentatively, 1944, and the second is called, tentatively, 2024. That one obviously picking right up where the Dutton family left off. If it is indeed a Dutton family drama, in the sense that we know them, but it's a very modern day sort of show. My confusion is with 2024, and it's picking up, you said, like, potentially as if the Duttons, you know, flash forward. What's the difference of a season six of Yellowstone that versus a 2024? See what I'm saying? Wouldn't it technically just be a continuation of what's happening? Well, it could be a totally new show. Uh, It could be set. I mean, it might not even be set in Montana. And the history of this is kind of interesting because this is the one that Matthew McConaughey would be attached to. But I will point out that he was not mentioned at all in the press release. Could be just because like we're in this writer's actor's strike right now and they're not going to attach an actor's name to it because that would be promoting a show and that would be kind of crossing the picket lines. The other good reason, though, is that uh, the deal's not done. The ink's not dry Mm -hmm. or Matthew McConaughey won't be. I think probably it's the first, if I'm being honest. People Uh, might be. I know I'm I'm definitely. Oh, so go for it. Did you have more to say on that? Nope. Go ahead. Uh, I know I'm curious, and I'm sure others who are listening to this podcast might be wondering as well, with the two new shows, will any of them be kind of a continuation of like leaving off where we were at 1923? You know, like, will any of them just kind of domino effect on each other? Well, 2024 would seem to do that just based on what we've heard. But remember, Taylor Sheridan also said that he may make it set in a totally different place. Originally, it was introduced as it was going to have some of the same characters from Yellowstone in it, but he kind of gave himself an out there should he decide to write a show that is quite a bit different from Yellowstone. It could be in Oregon, it could be in New York, you know, it could be a lot of different cattle places, Oklahoma or something like that. Uh, 1944 is interesting. 
it would seem like that's going to build off of 1923. Uh, 1923 kind of deals with the effects of World War I. 1944 mm-hmm. has World War II inherently. Uh, I think we'll have some of the same family members, uh, maybe like uh, uh, just a little bit older, kind of like we did with 1883 and 1923. But keep this in mind as well. Both of those shows had different names originally. So this show may not be set in 1944 at all. 1923 was originally called 1932, and I think 1883 was 1886. So it could be like a swing in 50s kind of vibe, or maybe Mm. like a 30s kind of deal. You know, we really, we think we know what's going to happen, but we know nothing other than these shows are coming. (laughs) So really, what makes you excited, Billy? I think just that we're going to live in this sort of world or this space, and we're going to get to tie up. I mean, let's be honest. What makes me excited? I'm going to get to fill out the family tree. Like, this is a whole <laughs> new world for this family tree. It's all coming together. 1923 connected to 1944. We're carrying it on. Like, I'm just imagining the possibilities and the branches. I'm ancestry DNA and up and up in this place. Y'all, Ooh. if you have no clue what Billy is talking about, head on over to our YouTube channel and just type in Dutton Family Tree. Billy, and I commend him for his deep efforts in this. It took a, it took you a really long time. We've created an entire YouTube video of quite literally showing the family lineage and how everyone's related. Bada bing, bada boom. Go check that out because it is Billy's pride and joy. Maybe before his kids. I don't know. I'm kind of like Russell Crowe's character in A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> <laughs> just one degree off Billy (laughs) I guess I don't mean that as a compliment to myself (laughs) (laughs) well y'all you guys are listening to the Dutton Rules uh, Yellowstone podcast you can as always trivia and just questions comments thoughts can always be sent to staff at tasteofcountry.com. We read them. Also, Mm -hmm. words are a little hard for me right now. We read them. Uh, Specifically, Billy always loves reading them. So definitely never never hesitate to send those in. And if you could kindly give us a five-star rating uh, and review on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating on Spotify. I mean, if you don't feel like we deserve five stars, you just – you give us what you think is deserved. Hopefully it's five stars, but Mm -hmm. uh, we truly always appreciate it. And also head on over to YouTube where you can see our bright and shining faces and feel free to leave thoughts in the comments as well there. Well done. Are you ready to talk? What are we going to first today? (sighs) So, and I don't mean to sigh as I'm about to go into what we're going to talk about next. Let's talk about Bass Reeves. Well, to, to get back to your sigh, and I do want to talk about Bass Reeves. Our homework assignment was thick this week. This was a ba- this was a this was a a big week in college where like every professor doubles down yeah. with reading assignments and tests because we had two episodes of Yellowstone and two episodes, if not more, of Bass Reeves. The first two episodes, albeit to kind of, and and then you know, in addition to sort of our regular job, so. It was a lot to kind of get through and organize to make this episode not four hours long. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> can I can I be truthful, Billy? Cheers. Bass to that. Reeves. Go ahead. Cheers. Amen. Cheers. Got my got my coffee. Got my cold brew. Right. Uh, anyways, I fell asleep on the second episode of Bass Reeves. <laughs> Is that <laughs> so sorry is that reflective of your opinion of bass reeves or the show no 
I think it was just the fact that I, during the day, we obviously with our <laughs> normal work schedule, producing videos and stuff that I can't watch a TV show and try to like listen to our audio as I produce things. So I just couldn't do it at the same time. So I did save watching what an hour long video uh, TV series, uh, two two of those to the very end of the evening. And I just, I was tired, Billy. I was tired. Yeah. Well, the first one was a big one, and the second one was a more traditional 42 minutes or so yeah. of television. Who's counting? Paramount a- asked us to hold reviews until we've watched all four. So I'll, I'll hold back my overall thoughts a little bit. I will say my first impression, though, was this is a show that's very heavy. Uh, Bass Reeves no is no prankster. Like he is not, he is not a funny man (laughs) at at all. Um, And then also, it just didn't stick with me. At the end of the night, I wasn't thinking about it. Like I have some other shows right off the bat. Mm. Like I was able to kind of watch and put it away and sort of move on with these first two episodes. Now that might change and I'll get to kind of why some of those reasons are in a second. But early on, I'm, I'm interested, but I'm not. I'm not just starving for episode three yet. And surprisingly, I well, I'm not starving for episode three, but it was more interesting. I, I think I set the bar, vi- not I think, I know I set my bar pretty low on this or of like, ah, I don't think I'm going to like it. And I think I like it more than 1883. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't, the characters aren't as dynamic to me yet. Oh, no, I I agree with that one. I mean, that potentially might be why I did fall asleep a little bit in part yeah. two. But, like, it was one of those of I drifted off to sleep and let's say I woke up. I mean, yes, I might miss a lot, but you don't miss as much in, let's say, maybe even 1923 where you kind of go, wait, 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 who who are you? Yeah. Um, I will say Dennis Quaid has, has a much larger role than I expect. I don't know why I thought he just was going to have a little bit of a blip on the radar he he has a large role. Oh yeah, he, let, let's back up and and kind of recap okay. maybe what we see in these first two episodes. And remember, this isn't a Taylor Sheridan creation. Another creator named Chad Feehan created it. Taylor Sheridan's just the um, executive producer, along with the star of the show, David Oyelowo. Uh, but the first two episodes sort of follow Bass Reeves from his days as a slave, following a man named George R. Reeves uh, in the Civil War. Reeves fought in the Civil War. I believe he was a major or a colonel. And he just made Reeves kind of go along with him to sort of help him out. Um, Both of those characters are real-life characters. Both Reeves, um, George and Bass Reeves, are based on real-life characters. So you can kind of read into the history. It seems like it follows the history as it's written in just some, you know, loose internet pages pretty accurately, including a scene uh, how Bass gets away from his slave owner, uh, this Reeves fellow, that seems to be pretty accurate. Uh, he eventually does free himself and goes and lives on a Native American land for several years, then finally comes back to his family and is enjoying life as a farmer for the better part of a decade when finally he's tasked to become a U.S. Marshal or at the end of episode two. That's when Dennis Quaid shows up, who is also a U.S. Marshal. His name is Cheryl Lynn. And uh, they're very different types of lawmen. Um, but I kind of think we're setting up a little bit of a yin yang type relationship where they balance each other out a little bit. I That's my, that. my thinking. 
even though right now they don't appear to like each other very much. Uh, it didn't surprise me how bloody this is. I just think I just – it's not that I don't have the stomach for it because that type of stuff doesn't normally bug me, but it was a lot, Billy. It was a lot. So the first episode opens in the middle of a civil war battle. And that was mm-hmm. like, it wasn't quite as gruesome as uh, Saving Private Ryan in the opening scenes of that. That was much more extended and much more gruesome. But it, it was. It was very bloody. There was a lot of uh, gruesome sort of gritty death. You After that, there wasn't, it, yeah. there wasn't as much. Like it, it mellowed, I thought. There was some death, but it wasn't, there was nothing that was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Wow. Minus Lynn, he killed. Which guy? Uh, Reeves. Uh, what's uh, what's his not Matt? Who's the owner of Bass Reeves? Why I just forget his George Reeves, Master Reeves. George, thank you. I yeah, I was what? Not dead. This is what you catch. Wait, what? When you watch all the way, when you don't fall asleep, you learn that he did not die. Because wait, no, no, no. George Reeves, his slave owner, does not die. Yes. Are you talking about the scene? No, I was awake for this part. When his wife comes into where Bass used to live um, on their plantation, and Mm -hmm. she says, you know, you beat him. I don't remember what she said exactly, but pretty much saying, like, you know, I'm not going to hurt you. He kind of essentially deserved what was coming from but to my understanding, it was that he, okay, huh? No, he's still alive. In fact, George R. Reeves goes on and becomes a, a Texas legislator. Um, I think he was Speaker of the House in Texas after that. So he lives. Oh. Um, so okay. I'm led to believe that he's going to appear, uh, Shay Wiggum, Wiggum, I believe is the actor's name. He's going to appear later in this series. There's going to be some sort of showdown between the two of them or something like that. Although I don't think it's fatal in either case because history tells us exactly how Bass Reeves dies as well as how um, George R. Reeves dies right. as well. I will say that scene with Bass and George, that was a lot. That that was when – I don't know if that's what you meant. Uh, we were uh, – our how we messaged back and forth for work is through Slack. And when you said Addison look away, was it that scene that you were talking about? No, I was talking about the opening scene, the opening fight scene. Oh. Okay. And I think – I think at this point, too, we can kind of give everybody a spoiler alert because we're probably going to spoil some things. So presumably you've already watched Bass Reeves. If, if you're with us, if not, skip ahead to maybe the Yellowstone portion of the show. That's why we include the time codes in the description sections um, so we don't spoil anything. But uh, one thing that did strike strike me about Bass Reeves is how descriptive is the word I can come up with. The relationship between slave and slave owner is sort of presented like it really kind of shows a lot of the details, but not only how the slaves live, uh, how they have to speak, uh, what the relationship yeah. is like and, and sort of that power structure. And you almost, and it almost kind of shows beyond just the physical and what we see, the emotional sort of torment turmoil mm. it causes as well. Like I feel like I, there's a lot of movies that probably have done this as well, but we get a, as good a look into slavery in the 19th century as yeah. we did to um, Native Americans in the 19th century with shows like 1883 uh, and a little bit for Yellowstone, which is interesting to me. I, I think it's good. Well, and what 
is interesting is to your point of like you really kind of get a, a better insight to what's happening. But I think with this show kind of Bass Reeves being that main character instead of kind of knowing what's happening but seeing it genuinely through the eyes of someone who went through it, I think that's what's been interesting. So far, I mean, literally just two parts in. But I mean, even from the point of when he was running away – and he came up to the men on the horses and they said, you know, who do you belong to? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, George Reeves. And I just thought that was just – I'm learning a lot how, like you said, the dynamics between the master and slave worked. It – the other thing – and this is a little bit of a criticism is so far the lines between good and evil are not blurred at all. Like it's very, very clear. Correct. And I think it's all the white men in the show so far are all the villains so far. And yes. everybody who's native or are black is kind of who we're rooting for. And while that's fine, I, I'm not offended by that. Like, I think to be a great show, those lines need to be a little bit more complicated. Like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Cheryl Lynn is a good example. Like, I think he's going to be kind of a, a, a good guy in the end, Dennis Quaid's character. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's very mm-hmm. clear he has very harsh feelings about uh, American Indians. And I would guess by extension, he, he doesn't have two kind of feelings towards the black man as well, although we haven't seen that kind of racism quite yet. I do think that's going to change. Like, I could see that. Maybe. I could see that changing. I, I thought that too, but then I thought, well, that's going to kind of turn it into like a hokey sort of series you know where he's like oh well bass i guess you were right they can be all people it doesn't matter about skin color because that's one of the lines that bass Reeves says is like it doesn't matter if it's if he's what color their skin are if he's black white or red he says we're all just men like i don't think i hope there's not ever a scene where cheryl's like well bass you were right you know because that would be kind of cheesy I think it's going to be more so the subtle understanding of respect for each other. Like, I don't know if we're going to get the, you know, bromance hug. It's not really where I'm headed. I just think there's going to be this line of, okay, respect. Did you recognize the boy who um, comes? So in episode two, Bass Reeves' wife buys a piano Mm -hmm. and it's delivered by a group of people including a young man who is very fond of Bass Reeves' daughter, Sally. Did you recognize that young man? No. I wish I had a picture of him. The character's name is Arthur Mayberry. The actor is Lonnie Chavis. And if you watched This Is Us, the same actor played young Randall Pearson, Sterling uh, Brown character. Oh! Yes, I yes, one thousand percent. Yeah. Wow, I don't know why. Yeah. No, I loved this. Is us? No, I totally know who that is. Yeah, the same actor. I I, I saw him and I couldn't put my finger on it. And finally, uh, Sterling, another Sterling who works with us, pointed that out to me, and I was like, "Oh, that's where that kid's from." I knew it. Good for him. Yeah, I thought that Lonnie's was. Lonnie's killing it on <laughs> at age. Fi- oh, he's fifteen years old. Hmm. Is that all? He, he has to be older than that in real life. Nope. He was, what is it? We're 2023? No. We're in 2020. Why am I questioning that? Yes, Addison, we are in okay. 2023. Um, in, in all, well, never mind. I'll save it for after. Okay, let's say 2007. No, he's 16 now. 
He was born oh. in 2007. All right. I guess I would have thought he was a little Still, older. <laughs> just one year off. He was a little bit um, younger than I thought in This Is Us. But And you know who we didn't see at all? We didn't see Donald Sutherland, who I'm very much looking forward to. He plays Judge Parker, who is the guy who's going to deputize Bass Reeves. Um, mm. Famous actor. We don't see him, but he's referred to towards the end of episode two. Do you want me to tell you how episode two I, ends so you don't have to go back and finish? Thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I will say this is – I'm going to admit – I'm going to admit something that <laughs> – and I, it might change. 1883 was definitely this this way, but this I'm, – I'm not binding myself by any statement quite yet. But this might might be a show that if I wasn't essentially – this was not part of my job, I potentially might not right, watch right, right. it. Where did you leave off? <laughs> Where did the eyes start getting heavy? Uh, um, Opening credits. No, 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 no. Get past the piano scene. Okay, okay. Piano scene. Um, Opening credits. Did you get to the point where they actually... So the Bass and Cheryl are going after a criminal named Charlie on Indian land. Uh, and they find him in this house. Um, a, a woman kind of, uh, one of Charlie's relatives points Bass in the right direction and they find him. Uh, there's a shootout. Uh, Cheryl gets shot in the arm. Bass tries to go around back. And as he's doing that, uh, Cheryl, the Dennis Quaid, Quaid character, sets a bomb and ends up setting the house on fire. Charlie comes running out of the house on fire and Bass puts him out of his misery with his gun. Um, this leads to heightened tensions between Bass and Cheryl Bass ends up punching Cheryl and thinks he's going to get in big trouble for that when he gets back home. Um, and indeed, Cheryl comes galloping up with two men, but instead of arresting him for punching him, he announces that um, Judge Parker wants to make him a deputy as well. And that's pretty much how it ends. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the, the sum of episode two. Okay. How many... This airs on... November 5th. Yep. Yeah. Aired, uh, yeah. How, what'd you say? Well, we're going to run this after uh, November 5th, so past we're, tense. Cur- okay. This aired on November 5th. <laughs> uh, how many episodes will we be getting per, like, will we normally get to, like, how will this, do you know? I don't know. Um, okay. I don't know how many they're releasing to the public at a time. Um, we have the first four, and I, I shot an email yes. asking how many total episodes there are and haven't gotten a response, but um, I don't determined. have the answer to that. Yeah, TBD. Hopefully just one, because we got ourselves a busy week next week as well. We we do, Billy. This is going to be the week of no mm, sleep. It is. <laughs> and casually, we should invite people to just watch. We should just have a watch party and all watch it together. Yeah. You guys in the just have Billy just uh, mo- moves on next. <laughs> All right, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good community but gathering. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we want to talk? Well, I before I transition, are you? Do we feel satisfied about Bass Reeves? I do. I think we hit the high points. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. We don't know enough about this show yet to really kind of dissect it. So just sort of a description and who the characters are and explaining a few things here and there, I think is probably enough for, um, for this, but I, you know, we asked this a couple of weeks ago, but if you have a strong opinion about the show, uh, email us or let us know in the comments section, because we'll kind of use that reaction to kind of gauge how much we should be talking about Bass Reeves versus Yellowstone on a week to week basis. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are on a roll with Yellowstone, which I'm, mm. I'm loving because I know we've talked about before of, you know, maybe we will only get season one depending on when the newest season of Yellowstone will uh, launch. And so the fact that we're now getting to roll into season two – the, the gal who has not seen any of them before season four, I'm pumped. Episode two. New was, beginnings. I mean, I feel like I'm saying this about every episode now, and it's reminding me about how good season two was. But I mean, episode two is all about Rip and Casey and their fight and this sort of like lion's fight for who's going to be leading the bunkhouse. John wants mm-hmm. Casey to lead the men. So he asks very vulnerably asks Rip to sort of step down and let Casey do that and ends up kind of being a big deal, which answers our question we had last week when we asked like, oh, wow, Rip gets to tall John John now. How come he doesn't get to do that? And further, Mm. this is why that lasted one episode. And now Rip is back to calling John Dutton sir again because he got demoted in a big way in episode two. And this was hard to watch in a lot of ways, not only because he felt for Rip, but it's like, is this how things really are? Do people really have to fight it out out there on the range to get everybody's respect? I couldn't I couldn't tell you. But what I did think was interesting and who kind of peeved me, <laughs> well, I don't know why you're laughing over there, Billy. Uh, what peeved me was Darn Walker not pulling his oh. own weight. He ticked me off in this episode. I was like, bro. But it was interesting. He was distinguishing the fact, which I don't know the answer to this. And actually, I should have Googled it now that I'm saying this out loud. But the difference between – he he's technically a cowboy, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone else is kind of a rancher? Am I – Wrangler. R- uh, sorry. A wrangler. Wrangler? Yeah. I could have sworn Rip said rancher. But anyways, Maybe. wrangler. There's So there's a difference between the two. So pretty much Walker's thinking – well, my job description does not have, you know, repairing a fence right. and all the above, like truly tending to the ranch as part of it. Like, no, I, I'm good. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting. I, I I personally just didn't know that there was there was a difference. Yeah. And then you get to Cowboy, who's a day worker who has his own set of expectations, which involve apparently clipping his fingernails because he ain't doing nothing <laughs> that day. <laughs> and making out with uh, Beth Dutton. No, no, cowboy. I'm talking about the uh, the day worker. Oh, the actual. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, actual yeah. character named Cowboy. The actual character named Cowboy. We you interchanged those two. Mike talking about a cowboy versus Wrangler, and then Cowboy, the actual character. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm trying. I'm tracking. Hey, to you, what struck me about Walker in this episode was his like his patter, the way he talks. The way Ryan Bingham plays him, I don't remember Ryan Bingham talking like Walker in real life when we talked to him. Um, but he has like this kind of like, man, ain't nothing around here. It's like the sad sort yeah, of. Man. It's like he watched King of the Hill and married Boom Hour with Hank Hill's voices and said, that is going to be how I'm going to play this character. <laughs> it's right down the middle. Asked, 
Y'all should have asked. I can't remember if you, you – oh, no, you interviewed him. Yeah. Um, you should have asked him, like, how did you decide on the twang that you chose to use for the show? It really stood out to me in this episode. And, and this episode, actually, I, I went the opposite way with Walker. Like, I, I'm like – it heartened me <laughs> to Walker. Like, I like Walker more because of Stand these episodes. Stand your ground. But you don't – you like him less because of these episodes. I I like him – I like him less. I do think it's very I, – I think this episode just really made me feel like Rip has a lot of lot of displaced anger and he's yes. ready to take out whoever kind of comes in that path. Uh, Walker <laughs> kind of came – and Walker's was 1,000% deserved. He was quite literally just shooting the breeze over as everyone else was, you know, trying to build the fence. But – I mean, the way that Rip was going after him, immediately I was thinking, bro, you've got some displaced anger that you were taking out. A lot of it merited. But there's a lot brewing internally that is not correctly funneled. I'm looking for the quote that Walker tells Rip. He says, well, I reckon I got a fondness for the farmer's daughter. Guess we got that in common, don't we? And then, boom, 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 (laughs) boom, boom, boom. It's like, wow, (laughs) Check out the balls on this one. Woo! <laughs> That's one of those that I was like, oh, Walker, you, you, I, if you get punched, I'm so sorry, bro. You asked for that one. So note the power structure now. Casey and John bring him back to the ranch and say, this isn't how we do things anymore. Um, and mm-hmm. just remember sort of that scene because it's, it's going to continue to kind of go on through episodes four five and beyond. And, and Walker's journey really does reach ahead here um, pretty quickly. In interesting ways. Well, that's a good point. What are some don't worry about it in episode two of season two? Well, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> Jamie's not in the episode at all, I don't think. So apparently, you don't have to worry about him in the least bit. Um, w- I guess that was episode three with him in. Yeah. Monica's whole university experiment, I wouldn't worry too much about that. It's it's clear she's just kind of picking right up where she left off, where she is not going to be the teacher who's a lot of fun. Um, she immediately gets people down in sort of her mood and apologizing and feeling guilty, which is her style at this point in her life. I think what that facilitates is showing because they had said, oh, you know, have you not realized that you get a, a stipend for housing or there's faculty housing? And, you know, she's clearly at odds of like, do I really want to do this life with Casey? Do I, you know, clearly living at home is not emotionally stabilizing. And so I think what it helps is it kind of helps create this showing us of like, oh, there's emotional tension with their marriage. I think that's more so what it feels. I suppose it's working on sort of some broader picture sort of things with Monica and Casey. I mean, the whole Monica Casey thing at this stage in the relationship, they kind of just flutter back and forth. So it's really hard to tell people to invest wholeheartedly in any of it until we get to like season three or season four. Uh, Do you disagree? Something. Well, no, I thought what was interesting. Something her granddad said was that there was a difference between being married at the courthouse or. Right. A ceremony, and he was saying that you chose a ceremony, and so you were bound together in the afterlife. And so, pretty much, divorce is not on the table. Like, you will always be bound to each other. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I don't really have anything to say to that. I just 
I noted it. Yeah, he, um, Grandpa Felix, and then when he says that, there's some, Beth kind of tells Casey a version of the same thing. Like, they, Felix and Grandpa, and, and Be- Grandpa Felix and Beth, they both have similar advice for e- for each other in their own, their own some kind of ways. Um, and, and like their reunion between Monica and Casey kind of comes together at the end when in this poorly constructed scene during physical therapy, John gets mad, oh. pouts and swims off and is like doing an underwater swim like a child. <laughs> and he runs into Monica. That, that was an eye roll. I mean, I, I watched that. I'm like, oh, they couldn't have like, figured out a better way. <laughs> Get the, All right, I'll give it to him because that was a great episode. But this is, and then they just kind of stare at each other and the episode ends. And we don't have to, after that, it's done with. Her PT instructor is fine. That's all I do have to say about that. Well, you know who that is. I kept telling you. Sam from 1883. That is not Sam from 1883. Absolutely is. Really? I would yeah. not have been able to figure that out. Martin Sensmeyer, I believe, is his name. Yeah, I, I kept telling you that uh, he was coming back in. That's who he plays. He plays. And then in episode three, to kind of move forward, uh, the PT instructor, he makes his move a little bit. He kind of tries to slide on in there. Wow. Excited about that. But I, I will say I'm currently, I'm stalking him. Um, I, I still don't think I could have Sam's character. I mean, I, I kind of see it, but I still think it would have taken me a hot second. I mean, as it probably should, it shouldn't be like, oh, there's Sam from 1883. What you, what you doing here in the, well, I (laughs) figured it out in reverse once I, cause I, I did a lot of cast Googling when we were watching 1883 and and that, I, that one stuck with me. Hmm. Um, he's fine. All right, back to the show, Addison. Back, come on, come on back, because we need to talk about episode three, because yes, episode, episode three, three is the introduction of probably my favorite Yellowstone character of all time, Addison, Yellowstone Universe. Let me introduce you to Malcolm Beck and his brother, the Beck Brothers. Oh. Two men who are just going to steal every scene and bring about one of the most grisly Several of the most grisly Yellowstone scenes in existence. I mean, just buckle up from this point on in this season because these guys, these guys are out of control. Uh, I will say, <laughs> sorry to rain on your parade. This episode made me snooze a little bit. Oh, I can totally see that, but because there hasn't been a lot of action yet, there hasn't been any deaths in season two, as far as I can recall. But it um. But it did introduce the Beck brothers, which is really exciting. And Jamie quit the campaign for the attorney general and got dumped by a girl in her underwear. And and the mayor and John had a little bit more than friends moment. Yeah. That didn't happen yet before this episode, right? We knew that was happening. Yeah, they did. And she's the governor, not the mayor. You got to keep your political sorry, offices governor. straight. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, that I no, I do need to keep that straight. Thank you. It was alluded to, I think, in one of the early episodes of season one, where like she goes, "We should meet for lunch," and he says, "I'd like that," and she kind of like rubs his shoulder a little bit, sort of like like you kind of <laughs> knew there was something. Emotion that you just did. Yeah, it was. A I don't weird. ever do that again. <laughs> 
It was a little creepy, but it was it was alluded to with this. Oh, no, no, they did have, because remember, Beth got really mad that the governor stayed in her oh, mother's bed, and she threw a bit yes. of a fit. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Okay. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, we knew they, were, think, they were doing it. I did think the the scene where they were talking about, did her husband also die? Yes. Yes. Yeah, her husband died yes. too. Um them talking about kind of their their former yeah. spouses was really sweet. It was tender. It was. That relationship is really well done. I've always enjoyed watching the I two of them on that. screen. Like they're both pretty yeah. good actors. If we ever got to interview that actress who plays Linnell, Governor Linnell, would it yes. be inappropriate yeah. to ask her what's it like to shoot a, a love scene with Kevin Costner? Would that be an inappropriate no. question? No, uh, no. I think sure. it might sound different if it's coming like male. Like if I asked her that, like it might not <laughs> right. come across as creepy and weird. Let me just okay. say that. Like maybe you asking might be a little odd, but like I probably wouldn't ask Kevin Costner. Like you would ask Kevin Costner. You know what I mean? Like there's just some questions that come across differently. Yeah. Uh, when they're asked by the same sex, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it while like hugging my body too, like. Like this. <laughs> Philly, stop. I'm so uncomfortable. Not that we're getting the to, next. Not that we're getting to talk to her anytime soon, but um are you sad to see Christina go? Because she is now kind of no. I mean she's not running off the show, but Jamie and Christina have broken up. How this comes to be is um Jamie comes to realize that he can't beat his father's can- candidate for attorney general. To do so, he would have to take Chief Rainwater's money, and that's the fan that's the man who's after his family. He can't do it. He drops out of the race. Christina gets really, really upset with them, kicks them out of the house, um, and and we go from there. No, because I know how Christina plays a role later in several episodes later. I mean, seasons in Yellowstone, and she she she's icky. She she gives me the ick, and she's slimy. She's a little bit of a Karen later on. She's not quite there yet, though. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it's kind of what she becomes. Like she's. All business. A little bit uh, of manipulative, but anyways. Yeah. Well, she is now as well. Um, so I mentioned the Beck brothers. I should probably explain what they're there for and maybe allude to what's going to happen with them. Um, okay. The Beck brothers, you should look at as two men who have always sort of been there in the background pulling strings. They're very, very wealthy. They own an oil and gas company and they have interests in a lot of other things. They're borderline mafia. A little bit because they have they're like the kind of connections where it's like nobody gets successful in this town without buying me dinner first or, or, or something like that. Uh, they've not crossed paths with John Dutton previously, but they certainly know of him and they try to stay in their lane. Uh, they learn that Dan Jenkins and Thomas Rainwater are building the casino. Very upset by this because they want to build a casino and they have plans for one. So they go pay Dan Jenkins a visit, basically threaten him, tell him to get out of the deal with Rainwater and come right. make a deal with them. Uh, to do that, they tell him they're going to pull his liquor license and they're not going to give him a new liquor license because the one Belk, Bel, uh, Beck brother is the head of the liquor commission. Uh, so they kind of put the fear of God Classic. into him. Um, and it's it, the power struggle now has a third player that we never saw coming. We thought it was just Dan Jenkins and Rainwater versus the Duttons. Well, now it's these Beck brothers and sides will be chosen and there's going to be death and it's going to be ugly. Um, but for now, they're just like these really aggressive sort of alpha male um, business. Thing one and thing two. <laughs> a little. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's an accurate way to describe them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about the one back brother? Um, the actor. I was, who, just gonna, I was like, I don't think Billy's done talking. The one back brother is uh, the actor is extremely Christian. Like in his real life, he wouldn't swear. Um, like he's very, very, like um, very, very pious. But he plays these roles where he's this villain. Like mm-hmm. he was in American Horror Story as well, playing a similar role. But it's totally different from his real life personality. I that'd be the question I'd love to ask of like. Do you ever feel a moral conflict or I don't even know if moral conflict is necessarily the right word, but just, yeah, just, I would like to talk more about that. Um, yeah. We don't have an opportunity to talk to them anytime soon, but. I, just I had a chance to talk to him once, but um, it didn't work out. Um, so we ended up passing on it, but it I, I kind of hope that that comes back around. All right. That'd be awesome. Um, before we get to Q and A and trivia, a quick couple of don't worry about it's from this episode. Oh, yes. Um, I don't know if there are any, to be honest. Like even the scene with Avery and Jimmy at the store with Worry the about with, everything <laughs> with the meth bros, like that becomes an uh-huh. issue here shortly. Um, by the way, did you know what that spray was that Avery hit those guys with? Not bear spray. It was bear spray, but I didn't know that until Lloyd said. Oh, it. oh! <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I knew that when I went to Wyoming in June, Billy. Oh, did you? They have- sell it as soon as you get off the airplane. <laughs> I did not realize that bear spray was an actual. I thought that was like a myth. Like, um, oh, I, I didn't realize that was an actual thing. <laughs> That's the first thing that my brothers bought when they went fly fishing in Montana was bear spray. Really, because my mother, of course, you know, they're two grown adult men, but that's her number one concern. Bears, bears. Do we have bear spray? <laughs> okay. Well, I, I didn't know that you could actually just repel a bear like you can a mosquito, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, there's other things that you probably want to do before you get to that point. But yeah, I don't. I don't ever want to be in the position to have to try it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Let's get to trivia and q and I'm getting a, a a message from a coworker that they need the channel, so we need, <laughs> oh. we need to get off. <laughs> we need to wrap it up. <laughs> all right, well, on that note, Billy, remind us all what the trivia question was last, I said last year, last week, not last year. Last week's trivia question was, during season two, episode one, Monica tries to get a job at the university and reveals her last name used to be Longspear, but it was changed after her father was forced to go to a Catholic school. Why is this familiar? Did you figure it out? Nope. Vanessa knew because it is basically the plot of 1923. The one actress's name, she's at that Catholic school and she's being sort of Americanized, I guess you would say. It's very violent. Um, I forget the character's name, but I remember the uh, actress is Amina Nieves. Uh, but that's basically her storyline in 1923. So mm. if you watched that, Vanessa did. She answered correctly. So Vanessa, today is your day. And, you know, I'm just going to keep it mellow, Vanessa, and, and tell you, have a good day, girl. 
Keep it up. You're doing great. Nah, hell. Vanessa, go get him, girl. Oh. Woo! Proud of you. <laughs> Woo! Get your son Vanessa. <laughs> A1 kind of day for Vanessa. Uh, your leaning back just reminded me, and I don't know if we can tell people about it yet, but maybe we can. Do we want to stand up and give a little OTD, like waist up? Or we could, oh, yep, there it is. Y'all, it says train station tours, Yellowstone free shuttle since night. Nope, since 1886. Billy, why are you wearing that shirt? This is a new line of Yellowstone shirts that we've created. Not on sale yet, but will be soon. And when they are, we'll drop the appropriate links. But uh, Addison has one as well. They both have the same shirt. Mine is in white. I think that's the color they come in. A very nice fit. A little longer, too. You pointed out this might be nice for women who like to wear leggings because they can cover the rump. Very nice. Yep. How do you feel Anyways. about the word rump in general? Uh, yeah, I, I just, I was going to let that one go and I was just going to move on. You just kind of aged yourself a little bit. For the best. Your that's rump. Right. My rump. <laughs> Well, let's move on to Q&A. Please. So we can wrap this up and whoever whoever needs the uh, channel can can get on. Uh, Alrighty, I have three for us today. The first one is Lars from Norway. Yeah, right. First off, so dang cool. So cool. Uh, they say, or Lars says, the cabin John lives... What? It's, oh, the cabin John leaves. Nope. It lives. says the cabin John... Okay, this is not making sense. But anyways, the cabin John lives rip in season two of Yellowstone. Is that the same cabin James Dutton put up when the Duttons first got there? I think he meant leaves. I think it's, yeah, Um, yeah. I think it's, or yes. Well, I mainly pulled pulled this because I was impressed we had a listener in Norway. So Lars, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, I might have did you dirty with some spell check there, but um, the question is still valid. I think the cabin that James builds actually becomes the main house. I think this is sort of a side cabin. I don't think Mm. it's Rip's cabin or or Lee's cabin. I think the main cabin is what ends up being of the cabin that James Dutton builds. That's how I understand it as well, but I don't know that it's ever been said definitively. On YouTube, we had one that says, unless and until they actually film something, I don't believe a word Yellowstone production says. Fair. This is in response to the two new Yellowstone shows. And I I do want to add this one caveat is they saying November uh, 2024 for Yellowstone. But if this strike continues Mm -hmm. into the spring, I mean, that might get pushed back even further. So um, you really you just kind of have to stay sort of flexible with these sort of timelines and, and be patient or not. A lot of people kind of run out of patience and I've gotten that expression a lot on some of our content. That people that. are just like, I'm sick of this. It's going to be two years between shows. Yeah. That's, that's silly. Totally understand. Yeah. And what's hard is it's not even, it's not a Yellowstone. It's not a Taylor Sheridan issue. Like he can't, he can't do anything about that. Right. The last one I have for us is from Melinda, who is also on YouTube. What about 1923 season two? So this was not mentioned at all in the press release about these new shows and about Yellowstone. It's possible that that actually runs before we get the fifth and final installment of Yellowstone in the fall of 2024. So spring, summer, like if the strike ended today and 1923 was the priority, they could go shoot and film and produce it. And we could have 1923 season two by next spring. Um, no one's announced that timeline. To me, that has to, show has to finish before they get to 1944, though. So that's one reason why I think that we'll get 1923 hmm. first. 
then Yellowstone, and then maybe either 1944 or 2024. But uh, very much remains. Brandon Sklinner. Yeah. Yeah. There's eye candy in every episode for you, isn't there? Now there's you got the PT guy, you got Brandon Sklinner. Um, you know, there's and not a lot of good. Mine... There's not a lot in Bass nope. Reeves. There's no. Nope. Bass had his moment until he got a mustache, and then I said, "I'm out." Yeah, well, he walks around without a shirt. Basically, the whole he's always and he is just chiseled. Is that he how is. men like regular farmers were like in the early 19th century? Like, I get they were in shape because they were so much more physical, but were they that ripped? Was everybody just jacked back then? Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know about jacked, but I will say like. I'm assuming they were not eating like kings and queens. And so therefore you're in a caloric deficit and you're expending a lot of, not to go into nutrition over here, but you're, they're expending more than they're intaking. And so they probably were very low body fat. Now, granted, Bass Reeves looks like he's been really upping his protein intakes. Mm -hmm. So I think they'd be more lean and chiseled, not bulked and chiseled. He's a good looking man. That's just my two cents. That's just my two cents. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, Billy, y'all, this episode of the Dutton Rules Yellowstone podcast is another investigative Yellowstone, uh, nope, Town Square Media podcast. Oh, yeah. You want to do it again? Because, I mean, that was a good one, and I'd hate to just, I mean, stumble through it. So <laughs> from the top, take two. Boop. I know. I, I stumbled through the last because I got a little excited, and then I was watching your face to see your reaction, and then I forgot. I was like, who do we work for? Oh, right, Town Square. Okay. <laughs> This episode was another investigative Town Square Media podcast. Investigative. Well done, Addison. You put some thought into that one. Thank you. I did. I came prepared, Billy. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.